I was going to cancel this this whole interview this morning, Will. Um, I <laughs> Ari, leave this whole part in. Don't edit it out. Um, don't edit anything. Here's the thing. I'm I'm freaking burned out. I'm burned out on everything except for doing the interviews. And I'm worried that my burnout is going to ruin everything, including the interviews. And so I, as I race to get into this WeWork this morning on my bike, I realized I'm not even enjoying my bike ride, Will. I bought this bike specifically. I'm in Austin. I said, you know what? I just need a bike to get around so I could have fun. I got it specifically so I could have fun getting places. And I was not having fun because I was racing to get in here. I was sweating through the freaking shirt. And pants. I'm so glad that I brought an extra set of clothes. I'm thinking to myself, I just burned out. I'm completely wiped. All I want to do is do nothing. And I think this morning I realized that it's causing issues for me because I'm burned out. And um, and I I told Olivia this, my wife. And she she knows it, and she knows that our she said, "Look, you should just take off time right now. Just don't do anything for whatever a year, two years, whatever you know, whatever you want to do." And I I for some reason did not tell anyone else, and I think by not saying it, I'm going to cause problems for myself by taking on more from people who are expecting me to always take on more because I I like more activity, more things. I'm the guy who doesn't just want to take an Uber or a car into the office. I want the bike ride so that I have more. Um. Anyway, Will Schroeder, founder of startups.com is here. Will, how does how does that sit with you that this is well, you didn't know what I was going to do this interview about? I didn't I was going to talk to you about startups.com and the founder groups that you created that I was a part of. But how do you feel about just shifting and talking about this? I actually have a million questions for you, but Oh, good. I want to I want to open up with I think we met in 2007. Mhm. Uh Santa Monica, we were both lived in Santa Monica at the time. Sounds about right. And I don't, and, and you and I have great conversations. We know each other for a long time. I've never sat down with you and had you say, you know, Will, I can't believe how well everything's going. I'm just like, I'm in such a Zen place in my life. Everything's firing on all cylinders. Um, this is this is probably the worst, if you will, right? But Andrew, I create these like snapshots in my mind of all the different times where we've sat down. Like I specifically remember sitting in your apartment in, in Santa Monica and 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 you're talking and meeting you for the first time. I specifically remember sitting in a bar um, right around the corner from that when you were telling me about the idea for Mixergy. And I specifically remember like on two separate occasions, three now that I think about it, us in San Francisco when we both lived there, um, you updating me. And it's always been this this big weight, this cloud over your head, which is fine, by the way. I'm just saying that like, and it shifts. The, the, the nature of the cloud shifts, but the cloud's never gone away for as long as I've known you. Really? Mm -hmm. I do feel that there's something with Mixergy that was different from everything else where I, at least when I'm doing the work, there's this lack of confidence that comes through. And I wonder if it's because I set this whole thing up with the idea that I would be doing interviews to learn how to not screw up in business again and figure out the right thing. I wonder if it's because even when parts of it were fledgling and were doing great, like I think the best example is when Mixergy Premium was doing 40000 a month within a few months of launching on a recurring basis, I felt like it was such a failure because, um, because it was so public, because my past was so public, because the other entrepreneurs who I was interviewing were so public that it was very easy to compare every little step to that instead of saying this is how big it's going to be or I believe in it to say it's not as big as those things. And I, I wonder how much of Mixergy was was colored by that. And maybe that's what I, well, I think that's what you're picking up on. But I didn't even know you were picking up on all that. Well, here's what I think it is. I don't think there's a version where the cloud ever goes away from you. And, and I think that's the hardest thing to, to come to terms with, right? Um, you and I are just neurotic dudes, right? Like we'll always find something to be a problem. And it's so funny you should say this. Uh, I journal every day. And specifically today, at 47 years old, I finally hit a threshold, specifically today, like hours ago, where I was like, you know what? 
I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I didn't feel that way yesterday or for the past 30 years. Right? I, I just felt it today. And so that cloud has been hanging over me as well. And I'm not saying it went away today, but today it was like just a, it, man, it was just a random day. And I just woke up and for whatever reason, today was the day that I just had this kind of like breakthrough of gratitude. And, and what's interesting is because you and I are so immersed in the startup culture, it's like we're a basketball player and every day we're running into LeBron James and you know er, early career Michael Jordan. We're like, man, I'm not that good, right? Like I'm not that talented. And it's not that we're not, it's that we're surrounding ourselves with people that are often in front of us on their best day right in the way that other people see like face facebook or instagram feeds and they see everybody's like best of mixtape we literally live people's best of mixtapes we're in front of them at the, at the height of their their moments no one goes on mixer g at the, the worst possible time right maybe they do maybe you found them but it's not the first thing when things are going shitty i'm not like hey i should call up andrew and see if i can get out of this podcast right i know i specifically um, so I had somebody I, who has now canceled on me three times he's a good friend because things are not going great and he has to have right. it go great. And so, and so here's what I'm saying, Andrew, in all the time that I've known you, there's, there's such an interesting dynamic to your personality. You are so incredibly naturally curious, but not with anyone more so than yourself. You've got just this amazing honesty. I think it comes through, like you interview a lot of people and I'm sure a lot of people see a reflection of you in the interviews, but I can say firsthand as your friend, um, you've got this incredible self-introspection. And while it's so good and it's so accurate and it's so deep, if you analyze yourself for any period of time, you're not going to come away feeling better about yourself <laughs> because there's always something you don't have, right? Um, and I think you wind up using your own tools about digging into things to beat yourself up. I think I'll, I think that I am better than the first time. With the first business, all I did was I looked at my... So after the first business, I remember going to Europe and just disconnecting from everything. And this girl that, I, that I'd flown out to Paris to be with me broke up there in Paris. And I was there by myself and kind of bumming out. And I said, but I'm going to appreciate how far I've come. I'm now going to take time to go back and look at all the journal entries from the greatest hits of my life. And I freaked out because I realized that through it all, I wouldn't use the word depression, but if I was if I was a psychiatrist, I would find the right word to describe the sadness or the frustration or the not not there of that whole experience. And I said, I was on a great track. Things were good. I should be going back and looking at the happiest moments of my life in my journal, but instead I'm looking at deep pain and anger and sorrow and frustration. And I said to myself before Mixergy, whatever the Mixergy became, I said, I'm not going to get to that. And I do think that I'm not where I was there. But maybe I've been kidding myself because and not recognizing how I'm feeling today because of how much better it is than it was the first time around that there is there is more to my life than work. I'm running. I've got a wife that I love. I've got kids. I've got friends that I really enjoy spending time with. I can get carried away and really be happy for a long time. Maybe because of that, I'm also not realizing that there is just something unhealthy going on in the background. So I think that that I didn't expect you to say that. I thought what we were going to talk about was, and I, and I want you to keep going into it, but I, I want to say that what I thought I was going to talk openly about here is that I also have a tendency to not enjoy anything unless it's all the way to to not enjoy a three mile run to not it just disgusts me just as I said that there's like this disgusting taste in my mouth that it's like if we at the end of this appreciate a three mile run I hate this whole conversation like that's what came up but I have to go all out until I'm so exhausted at night that I that I feel the the inability to sit up that maybe there's also this tendency, and I knew going into to Mixergy that I would, whatever I'm doing, go so all out that I would exhaust myself. And I thought I could catch it, but I definitely haven't caught it. I, or maybe I did it over the, over the years, but I definitely am at a place where it's beyond where I can stop it. I'm just so burned out. I don't want to do anything. And my plan was 
Um, I told Olivia, starting January, I do nothing but interviews. I do enjoy having the conversations to have a place where I can talk to people openly about what I'm what I'm thinking about like this, but do nothing else. I don't know what I, else I would do. Probably just play chess mindlessly all day. But what I, if I'm, it doesn't matter what else you do? Like, like what if for, for the first time in your life, and by the way, I'm projecting here because I'm thinking the same things. What if for the first time in your life, it doesn't fucking matter what you do. I've had that happen to me before, and that was very liberating. I could just let it go after Bradford and Reed. I could say, I'm never going to work again. Here's how the finances will work out for that. Great. That's it. And we're not talking about like, now that I see the levels of wealth that people have, I don't want to compare it to that and say that that's where I was. But you really don't need that much in order to not to not need to work, especially if you're not somebody who's into anything. I'm not someone who's into anything that that's tangible. Um, and so I said, yeah, that's it. And I'm just going to go and enjoy life. And, and I had that. I'm not there now. I'm not, I'm definitely not at a place where I could say I won't work again, but I'm at a place where I say I need to put it out of my mind for a set amount of time and then come back and figure something out. I don't think it's about not working. I, I think that's a broken part of the mechanic, right? Where, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we associate um, dialing back and not worrying about things with, with work. Um, we just did an episode last week. So this is very top of mind on, on our Startup Therapy podcast mm-hmm. about uh, what, what would a founder sabbatical look like, right? And I went in depth. Yeah, in that's it. what I want, a founder sabbatical. Okay, so great. It's very top of mind. So I can tell you, that, you know, kind of where that conversation developed. So... It just it just happened to be a thing when the last few founder groups that I was in, um, and you've you've been one with me, so you know it's we get together eight eight founders together and we just talk very openly about how things are going, um, because there's a lot of trust. People are very honest about how things are going, and it just so happened in the last few groups, it kept coming up where the founders were saying, "I don't necessarily want to quit what I'm doing. Like you know, I don't hate what I'm doing. I just need a break from it, right? Yeah." And so as I started to talk this stuff through uh, with the different founders, I started to say, and and I told Sarah, my wife, I was like, you know, I kind of need a sabbatical because really when I'm talking to them, I'm projecting how I'm feeling. So what would your your sabbatical be? I can't even think beyond, I want to get up every day and do nothing but play (laughs) chess.com. That nothing but, I can't even think about, I want to go for long runs or anything, though I imagine I'm going to need that. That's it. What would yours be? Here's, here, here's what it is for me. Um, a sabbatical for me isn't lack of work. It's different work, right? Um, and again, you know, you and I are in similar business and as much as we just get to sit and bullshit with founders all day and it's awesome. Um, but it's not that. It's not like I don't want to talk to founders. It's that I just want to wake up in the morning and have something else to focus on, right? Right. Um, and I don't want to quit my job. Like, I don't want to like sell startups.com because I want to focus on something else. And I think that's a lot of where this comes from, right? Like, you know, Andrew, you need to stop doing Mixergy. Can you continue the, can startups.com, your company, which is, I guess we should describe what it is. It's a collection of companies whose uh, offerings all service startups, everything from Zirtual, which I love the uh, virtual assistant service to startups.com, the site where there, where there's content geared towards um, entrepreneurs. But can that continue and you not be involved in it day to day for a year? But see, that's where I think the, the, the narrative breaks. The idea is that like this, this, this is where I think people don't think about a sabbatical the right way, nor did I, by the way, until I dug into it. I initially thought it was I sit down with my team uh, and I say, guys, uh, I'm going to go um, to Budapest, apparently. Uh, for six to nine months, and I'm I'm gonna go lay on a grassy knoll and, and meditate all day, and I'm gonna have no phone service. And apparently, in this scenario, I also leave my wife and kids behind, uh, and I become Tom Hanks in in Castaway, right? Where I'm just totally gone from society. Okay. I don't know why that was like my scenario, but the reality is, for the stuff that I want to do, right? You know, my version of sabbatical, and I can get into it. I can get online an hour a day and check in with everybody and make sure everything's good. And, and if if stuff goes crazy and I need to be online for a couple days and do stuff, so be it, right? I don't think it's an all or nothing proposition. I think I need an all or nothing. I think I think what happens to me is 
I get too sucked in for a little thing. I can't be I can't be in partially. And so a little thing would suck me back in. I think people's expectations would be, I think that I get excited in the planning stage and then start to see the possibilities and get sucked in. And I also find that if I could wake up in the morning and say, here's what I want to do, and then have the possibility of someone interrupting that, I couldn't fully rest into, into doing nothing. I think it needs to be an all or nothing. Well, imagine this though. Imagine if your insistence that it's all or nothing essentially prevents you from ever doing it. Well, right now here, here's the other part. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Here's the other part. Why don't you trial balloon a sabbatical? That's what I'd like to do, right? Trial balloon a sabbatical for a month. So here's what right? I did. I did this year. I said, I'm maybe, was it this year? Or maybe it was after the kids went back to school once we, uh, at during COVID, when the kids went back to school, I suddenly had time and I said, well, I don't have my office now and I've cut back a lot so I could take care of them at school. And I'm surprised now that we can send them back to school full time. Great. I'm just going to try a different project every month and commit to not continuing the project beyond the first month. There's something satisfying about seeing a new thing that I wouldn't have considered finished. And then I got sucked into more and more and more. And it's really hard for me to not get sucked in. And I think part of it is that I, I didn't realize until this morning that declaring that I am burned out is helpful for people to understand. Don't try to get someone in who can't. You wouldn't ask somebody who's... Uh, whose leg is broken to run a relay race with you, right? But you'd have to know that their leg was broken to say that they can't do it and that you should just let them right. rest. And so I think that that saying that is helpful. By the way, my plan was once I had that realization, I said, oh, great. I didn't even think of, I should have said something. I said, I I'm just going to come in and record a podcast episode where I just say that and then I'll tweet it and then I'll be able to, you know, move on and then have people know, but... I'm glad that we're doing this instead because I don't think just saying it once is enough to get it through to people. Well, so what I started to think through was what would I have to do in order to actualize it? Because I'm in the same boat you are. My, my guess is most founders are, right? You know, we're we're indeliberately at the center of our own universe here with our businesses, et cetera. And so uh, the idea of being able to pull out of it uh, just sounds heretical. Um, but But here's what I came across as I was kind of digging into this. In, in TLDR, I plan on doing this. Okay. Um, the first was, if I tried to make it an all or nothing proposition, while that sounds great, I learned for myself that it would prevent me from ever doing it because there will never be a series of events that ever line up um, for me to do that, short of selling the business, which is the polar opposite of what I want to do, right? Um, that's, that's the wrong tool for this job. Um, so I said, okay, the first thing I'll do is I'll trial balloon it. And he gave you a little bit of a character, Andrew. Um, as you uh, probably recall, uh, I'm a very avid carpenter. I love to build stuff. Um, and as you also recall, I'm in the process of building a new house. And I want to be all in. I designed this house from the ground up. Um, I have been doing nothing but working on it for a year as far as the designs and everything else like that. I've basically architected the entire house. And uh, I want to go build it. I want to be covered in sawdust all day. And I just want to think about building this masterpiece. I just, this is, this is my creation. Yeah. And I, I want to build the whole thing. Um, however, a couple caveats. What if a month into it, I don't know, three weeks into it, I'm like, you know what? This sounded cool. But now that I'm into it, like in week three, it just isn't that, that fun anymore. It was fun because I couldn't do it. But now that I'm doing it all day, like yeah. it actually kind of breaks the model a bit. Well, I don't want to put myself in a situation with with this sabbatical that it's so unidirectional that i can't also hit the eject button if i'm not feeling it and what if what if i only need three weeks like maybe i thought right maybe i thought six months and i obviously made that number up but what if three weeks into it i get 50 percent of my hit points back right and i realized part of what i just needed was the open-ended notion that this trip could last as long as it needed to because like when I say it's a, a 10 day vacation and I'm no, I'm coming back, I never really release. So what I'm saying is I don't necessarily know that I need six months or whatever arbitrary time we put on it. I know I need to start. How long it runs is a whole separate discovery. I get that. 
that just the freedom to be able to go is also real it's also helpful i think um i think for me it's going to need to be all or almost all or nothing i might be making a mistake by saying i'll still do interviews but i i enjoy the conversations um and then everything else i don't want to do i i don't want to i don't want to guide a single other thing and then if i think about it i think i don't even want to take on any sponsors and just even like allow a lot of the revenue to go down because i don't want to be obligated to anyone i don't want to say that i have to do this because i've committed to giving them a certain number of whatevers i i just want to give up on the revenue and frankly I should also say this interview is sponsored by HostGator, hostgator.com slash Mixergy. And I <laughs> should say one. something. <laughs> they, um, it's, it's actually now, to be honest with you, costing me money to do these episodes anyway, because I, I've decided that I'm not going to take on more sponsors. I'm literally, I set up an autoresponder to turn away all sponsors. Um, and HostGator is getting way more ads than they paid for, but I, I like working with them. Who knows? Uh, who knows where that goes? Uh, but I've intentionally decided I don't want any more revenue, which is another thing that came in. I said, "Wait, why am I doing this if I'm tired today and I don't get?" And then the the thing that sucks is I love the conversations. I hate that I would be so worn out that I couldn't enjoy the conversations. I I loved. I talked to the guy from Swag Up uh, just before this conversation, Andrew Gazdecki, who you set me up in the in the founder group meeting. That was such a good founder group meeting great guys the only problem that i have with that is things were so personal at times that before saying anything about andrew gazdecki the founder of microquire i have to ask myself is this something he told me in private or not is this something that he's okay and he's okay with frankly everything he there are a couple of things that he did that he felt sheepish about admitting to us and i wish he would have just admitted openly without feeling sheepish that i think we couldn't talk publicly about but anyway um but that's the only issue. Like, can I talk about the things that he told me in private? Because he did say it in private. But I, I, I love that. I love how those groups went. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, I, you're, oh, you're... oh, so I love doing the interviews. And I hate that anything would take away from that, that I would be so worn out that I couldn't enjoy the, the conversation. And when I was talking to the founder from Swag Up just before this, in, this conversation, Andrew Gazdecki introduced me. That's where the connection was. I love how what the guy does is he creates these swag packages that he sends out to to startups employees and then to their customers and so on. And as we were talking about his API, that we got to even just like brainstorm even the idea of, well, you know what? Everyone's buying NFTs and there's nothing physical. Could I just use your platform to create something where anyone who has an NFT would come and validate it and we only create their shirt or their whatever, their skateboard, if they validated it, they really owned it. Um and I could, I could, it was a great conversation. I love that. I hate that anything else would, would not make me enthused about coming into a space to have that kind of conversation. Why can't you stop? Why can't, why can't you say as of tomorrow, as of today, no sense waiting till tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm going to just take the rest of the year off. That's three months. I, Olivia said that too. She said, why don't you just do that now? Do she, we're not saying the rest of the year. I'm, I'm seriously all in on indefinitely or no okay so, but, yeah, but yes uh, I, I hear what you're saying um because i've got the book coming out stop asking questions i'm really excited about it and i'm 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 upset that any of my burnout could hurt that could hurt there's always gonna be a book i know you know that. that well i think if i if i say it out loud now and people know if you sign up for anything with me you're signing up for something with to, to partner up with something with someone who's telling you they're burned out and if you decide that you're going to go into the delusion of this is only a small thing, it's only once a week, and look at the big payoff, you're making a mistake. You're absolutely making a mistake because I'm not going to want to follow through, and so I'm going to follow through out of op obligation, and you're going to get a really crappy thing. So talking here I think is going to help. I think letting Olivia um, hold me accountable is going to help. I think that uh, it's got to be January. End of the year happens, we're done, and then January I do once a week. I record interviews, maybe even from the house and have them go wherever just like this conversation is and we'll see what happens i think that's and it so so are, are you working with uh, uh andy at holloway uh josh josh okay got it um and so uh, uh andy sparks do you know andy the, uh no but you're talking about uh the company that's producing a special version of my book 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and my understanding, he's the co-founder uh, mm -hmm. of Holloway. Um, he also a Columbus guy, by the way. That's, that's how I know him. Um, okay. And uh, anyway, he, like I'm just using it as an example. He would understand because I know Andy well, so incredibly well what you're going through. What, what, what? And I'm not pointing to just you. I'm kind of going to expand this to a lot of people. I think we create in our minds, myself inclusive, what we think people are going to react, and they just don't, or it's never what we think it is, and we, we, we forget that they have empathy as well, and that their lives aren't revolving around ours in many cases. Um, and so, uh, you know, you'll do what you'll do, but if you were to say, guys, I need to push this back three months or, you know, whatever the time period is, um, there's probably a part of you that says, they'll go batshit and I can't do that. And I made all these commitments and, and that, that may be true. So I'm not going to assume anything. What if, what Why if you have, to, don't try to change it, Will. No, what? It, it's already, people have already bought it. I don't think we need to, re I don't think we need to do this. The only thing I need to do is make sure I don't, I think, I think starting January is fine. Keep, push back on me if you need to, but I think, I don't think we need to change it. I think starting in January is fine. Closing this out is going to let me be, is going to allow me to have a, a free mind as I'm doing this, knowing there's no other obligation. Every other door has been closed. There's no commitment to how many interviews I do. If I need to take some time off, great. If I could do an interview, great. My plan is to still continue the ba the, the cadence of the interviews and be okay with missing a few. I think that's okay, but push okay, back so, on me. Okay, so the commitment isn't necessarily that it's going to be today. Maybe the commitment today, because I I think committing to anything tomorrow is as good as not committing at all. I, I would be surprised if you thought otherwise. But maybe the commitment is today that I'm not going to make any other commitments in any capacity whatsoever. Yes. And I'm going to post it on Twitter, and I'm going to add it to my auto-reply. I'm going to put it all over Mixergy. And, and my motto for the next three months is going to be leave me the F alone uh come january and and, and you, it's like one of those things when people commit publicly that they're going to lose weight they basically like you know publicly shame themselves into the outcome Maybe i think that's, if that's what it still... needs to be i think i think if i could tell people and i didn't realize the significance of it i think if i tell people this is what it is this is what i'm going through and what i need i think they'd all be supportive i just didn't think that i would need to to talk about it i tend to just think and assume that that's enough but if I don't talk about it, I think people are going to pull me into things. I think if I don't talk about it, there's a very good chance that I'll say yes to some stupid little thing thinking it's just going to be this year and then it's going to end up spilling into next year. And I can't have anything spill into next year. I just need a little bit of time to do nothing. This and is I don't know what I'm going to do at that time. You know, when we're recording today, it's mid-October. So we've got, you know, call it 10 weeks be between the end of the year. That's actually a really good lead time. And nothing's going to happen yeah. during the holidays anyway. Yeah. Um, so this might be the perfect time to make that commitment. I'd be curious how you would manifest some of that. And I'm talking about like the public tweets, the mixer G. Um, th th this, this episode is sponsored by Andrew going on of sabbatical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, no, but, but uh, let, let's assume you did that today, right? And I believe that you will. Let's fast forward to Jan 1. What happens? You wake up Jan 1 and, and you are officially off the hook. Now what? I don't have any any projects that would take up my time, which is Let's which is disappointing. Opposite, Let's do the opposite. What would like what would you wake up and not do that you'd be excited about? Like that that's draining you right now because I think the the stuff you don't have to do is a big part of this. Um, I don't really think that there is the only things that now are taking up a lot of time is I'm doing a lot of interviews where people interview me and I, I do enjoy the hell out of those, but I'd have to say no to that so that I have time. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have people interview me. I wouldn't contribute right now. It's just like a lot of contributing to the book launch in this format and that format and, um, I don't want to give any feedback on anything. I, um, that's basically it. That's basically it. Well, okay. So I don't think you're giving it enough credit. Mm -hmm. You're telling me on the ride over here that you're stressed out, that you're sweating, 
that you should have been enjoying this sweet bike ride and you mm -hmm. didn't. Don't you want that to go away? Whatever's making you feel oh, like Oh, I that? see what you mean. Um, yeah, you know what? It would be, um, you know what did it? Is It's because I had all these other obligations, I didn't schedule, I, I kept, I didn't schedule enough interviews for Mixergy. And because I didn't schedule enough interviews for Mixergy, I think we just skipped one, which we don't, we don't skip an episode. So we skipped one. And then I booked extra interviews today mm -hmm. and I didn't have time to prepare for them. And I like to spend time preparing for them. Um, thankfully, Michael from Swag Up had a big issue last week. I prepared like crazy for him for last week. And then, um, and so I didn't have to for that. And I said, wait a minute, now I got to do that preparation, this preparation. I left literally no time in between to do anything. So it was, it was that it's like the, everything else then taking away from the stuff that I love to do, which is have these conversations. Um, and, and that was disappointing. And then there's pressure to have the conversations cause I, I can't just come in and settle in. I have to come in and, you know, prep for more people than I need to. Yeah. So when I picture, uh, sabbatical, right. The first thing that I picture the, 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 what I'm relieving of, not what I'm getting to. Cause I think people get way too hung up on what I'm getting to. Like, you know, I'm going to run a, a marathon in every continent, you, um, and they come up with these audacious, like kind of goals. And I think if you have them cool, but chances are, that's probably not what's missing. You know, no, you probably weren't saying what's really missing is that I'm not running on every continent. It's you were trying to achieve something, you know, to, to break free from something. And that just happened to be a mechanism for it. But don't I, I want to go I build. Think, I go. think if I'm just sitting around, it's going to feel pretty worthless. Oh yeah, I'm not suggesting that. It needs to be. It needs to be something that I do. And then what could that thing be? I I don't know. I, I here's what I think it has to be, and and, and I, I don't really have an opinion here. This is mm -hmm. me as your friend, just uh, giving you some food for thought. Um, I think you need to create something, and not a business. I agree. Not a I'd business. say, yeah, Definitely. not a business. You're right. And I, and when I, we talk about that, I had this idea that I thought, but no, it can't be that. Um, and I think it needs to be something that I create or accomplish and just focus like a maniac on that one thing. And that becomes pleasurable. Andrew, it's all I've been doing. Yeah. You know, I got, like, what do you mean? Up. How do you do it? I mean, I, I'm a creative, I'm a builder. That's what I do. Um, and about a year or so ago, um, I just got it in my head that, uh, you know, my carpentry had gotten to a place where I was building bigger and bigger projects. I was starting to do significant stuff. And I got it in my head. I was like, what if I could build an entire house, right? Which I can't, by the way, I just want to make it clear. I'm not that good. Um, and I've certainly never done it. <clears throat> but then I got into, I'd contacted an architect because I had this concept in my head for, for what I had for this house. And I'd been building it in my head for years. And I went to an architect. And I showed him what the idea was. And he came back to me with a horrible representation of my idea. I mean, it wasn't even remotely close, right? Um, you know, I showed him a Ferrari and he came back with like a unicycle, right? <laughs> it wasn't okay. even remotely close. So, but, but here's where the journey started. And I was like, you know what? I'm having such a hard time expressing this. What if I got into a 3D program and I just started to like sketch it, just like even boxes to represent the geometry and the, the scope mm -hmm. of what I'm trying to do because he's so far off and I can't communicate it. Well, that led to me learning um, 3D modeling, like in infinite detail. And 3D modeling um, led to me learning architecture in infinite detail. Architecture led to me learning what's called 3D visualization, which is you not only create the model of what you're trying to build, but then you give it textures and detail to the point where now I can, I've spent really the better part of this year living inside of my house. Like everything in my house is designed down to where the pencil holder is on my son's desk. Um, infinite detail, right? Like photo quality. And the reason I bring that up is because it has been an absolute departure from my day to day. Today I get up at 5 a.m. I get up at 5 a.m. whether I want to or not. It's not because I'm super hard charging. I immediately go to my workshop and I get covered in sawdust and it's probably the best part of my day, right? Not, what are you doing not, in there? What are you making? 
right now I'm building uh, the new workshop, uh, all the benches and stuff <laughs> for the new house. Um, but here's, here's, here's how this manifested though. So I get really into this design, right? The house gets way bigger and more intricate than, than I should have possibly given it credit for. And I actually got myself into trouble by being able to design it in 3D because really easy to add shit in 3D. It's a lot harder to build and pay for it, but that's here nor there. And, and, and I realized that what I've been missing, I wanted to create Andrew in the way you, me, and lots of other founders create either things that we do. I just wanted to be able to create something that had no consequence. See, here's where this fucks with me. When I build startups.com, it has consequence. If I don't get it right, people lose their jobs. I lose personal wealth. All these negative things happen. If this house doesn't get built, who fucking cares, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, like I already live in a house, right? Um, I love being able to put so much of myself into something with zero consequence. That's what I had been missing for the longest time. I, I, didn't, I wasn't working less. I was working very different. It's been the most yeah. rewarding thing I've ever done. I like that too. I, I think, I don't know if we had this conversation here on your, no, it was on your podcast. We were talking about conversations and I told you about how some topics that have nothing to do with work are so good to bring into a conversation. And you said it's because it has no consequence. And I think you're absolutely right. that people can, can just disarm in the conversation because there's no way to judge them based on what they're saying. There's no way to get them to feel less than or more than or, or imposter syndrome because of what they said. Um, why do you feel like you're, you're here? Why do you, what do you think got you to this place? Are you asking me existentially? No, I mean, I think <laughs> I've been wondering what, what happened to me that got me to the place of burnout. And if I had to think about it, it's, I thought that I was taking enough space away from work and I really was when I would go places, I would disconnect. But I think what was happening was I ended up turning my like off time sometimes into a little bit of on time again. And that became a problem. I think um, there's this thing about being in being an entrepreneur where you're constantly have to try the next thing and believe completely that it's going to work and forget about any time that things didn't work out to just be be able to focus on what you're trying to get to do and I think that at some point I had this like flood of oh yeah but I tried this and I tried that and I tried all these other things and that didn't work and I just the weight of all that was just too much and I thought I I think I'm tired of, of ignoring it. I just want, and I'm not, I'm not depressed by it, but I'm tired of ignoring it. All the things that didn't work. I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of all that. It's that it's not so much even the, the time. If I have to think about it, it's another thing with this full eternal belief and that's it. I think what happens uh, for me, and I've just noticed this, I just stumbled upon this over the past year or two. Um, I'm enjoying more and more things that don't have a consequence to them, right? Because I don't know about you, but I'm so competitive in my day to day. Um, and by the way, no one asks me to be, right? No one's challenging me. You know, that, that there's there's no um, evil 80s character that's goading me on, right, to, 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 be more competitive. I just am. And honestly, it's it's not always healthy. It's probably more often not healthy. Over the past year, a couple things happened. Um, a buddy of mine, funniest thing, uh, another founder uh, in my town, uh, built a, a hockey rink in his backyard, right? A wildly sized, like his whole backyard is now a hockey rink, um, much to the chagrin of his wife and all his neighbors. And uh, he and I used to be on a hockey team together. And uh, it's five minutes away. And me and a bunch of other founders, that just happens to be who goes, we all play hockey every Wednesday now, right? It's maybe the most fun I've had in a decade. Why? Because I don't care if we win or lose, right? I just want to be out there. There's no consequence to it. I've played in hockey leagues for years. Guess what? I hated it. Why did I hate it? Because winning doesn't bring me much pleasure and I fucking hate losing, right? And the consequence, um, while it created challenge, in this case, Turned out it took the fun out of it, 
right? Maybe what you enjoy are the interviews. Maybe what's, what's burning you out is the consequence of running Mixergy the business, right? It's definitely that part that I want to take time away from. I think about... So my friend Shane Mack. I know Shane. You know him. Yeah, you introduced um, him too. Oh, I didn't realize I did. So I remember when he was a part of a company called Skedaddle. And the vision was the photo. They were going to replace Yelp with a photo first experience. And he had this great line. It was something like the photo photos are the new review, which made total sense. I don't want to read somebody's review on Yelp. I want to see photos of the experience to get a sense of what it's going to be like for me. And he had this realization that he can pull those photos off of Instagram and then start to aggregate them based on uh, lat lounge uh, information. So he knows where people are based on the information that's embedded in their photos. Great. Thing didn't, but he he was such a good believer in it that people started to coalesce around it. And then when that didn't work out, his next thing was he was going to do chat experiences for businesses. And he was such a big believer. He raised a ton of money for a com- for the company was renamed Assist. And his vision for it didn't materialize the way that he envisioned. The next thing is I can't say what the next business is. He has the same level of enthusiasm and belief and of course the world needs to be that way i he was being so aggressive with someone on twitter about his point of view that i said stop and just hear what the other person's saying instead of arguing back and take it in as feedback but that's how how much he believed in this new thing that he's working on and that's what that's the way we all have to be to some degree because we we, why go into it and invest your time your money and everything else if you don't believe to that degree but if you believe in things that are are significant enough, mostly they're not going to pan out. And you have to then not be let down by all that and be able to go and take the next step. And that is the part that is exhausting. The That is the part that is exhausting. This next new thing. Um, and so that is exhausting. There's, there's this uh, Paul Graham essay where he talks about something like, when you create something, there's too much pressure from other people to see how successful it's going to be and frankly on you. And it's just sometimes fun to say this is – it's better to say that this is a fun little side project or this is just a, a random experiment so that you do take all the pressure away instead of taking the other approach, which is to say I'm evangelizing the future because it, I believe so much in it. And I think that um, because I'm such an intense person – Everything had to be all or nothing evangelizing instead of I'm doing this play thing. I think it might be something. And if it's not, it's okay. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm the type of person who could say that, but that's the part That's the part that exhausts me. It's not the consequences. It's the, it's, it's the standing up again and again and again after being knocked down and believing that this time you're going to fly. That's because why I'm you saying, did it before one time. Look, that's why I'm saying you need a minute to do things without consequence. You got to go find your hockey. You got to go find your carpentry, right? And, and by the way, it's also okay if you don't find it. Maybe just you screwing around and trying things is what you need, right? I think starting another business is the worst thing you can do. I yeah, think I know. creating a goal slash target slash consequence of here's what I have to do or accomplish on my sabbatical is just as good as not taking it. Um, because the whole point is to take those 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 rules and parameters off the table, not add new ones, just so you can feel shitty about it at the end for some other reason. Um, and, and in case you weren't sure of it, brother, you've earned it. You've been at this, you both of us have, for a long time, right? We both run this marathon for a long time. We've earned this 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 sabbatical, this break, a hundred times over. The only mistake we can make is not taking it. I've watched Olivia get to take these types of sabbaticals, and I could see how how helpful it is. She also is full of anxiety about it. Like, how long does it last? Maybe I don't want to go back to work after this. But ultimately, there was a break, and I could see the value of it. So I'm gonna do it. I'm taking a break. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna take on new projects. This is my full-on declaration: no new projects. Um, 
and I will see. Hopefully, I'll still be engaged in chess. I'd like something that's a little bit more than chess to be into. Something that like that I could look back on. Um, but that's that's about where I am. And I think we talked about this at one of our uh, founder group sessions. You were picking up that I was feeling some of this, and I remember you saying, "Let's just talk apart from the group." And I remember I took a, a walk with you on the phone, a block away from Valencia Street, for I don't know, half hour, an hour. We were just it's talking hour, this yeah. through, and this was months ago. And I still found myself back in doing more. And you, you were so open about here's what could happen. Here's what happened to me. Why aren't you taking this seriously? And so, um. I think because I still had some energy in me. It's very much like that Cool Hand Luke episode where he just gets punched and he goes down. He gets punched and he goes down. He gets punched and he goes down. And we're all in such admiration. Don't don't stay down, but maybe just staying down for a little bit is a good idea. Yeah, but um, I, I, Andrew, I kind of sense this resignation in you, though. Like, I, I still get the sense that there's some part of you that just doesn't believe that you're supposed to be doing this. In as no. much as you seem to be convinced no, 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 no. I, I, if I could tell you what I don't believe, it's I definitely believe I deserve it. I believe I could take it. I think Olivia is gonna beat me over the head, or I don't know what if I don't if I don't do this. Um, it's more like um, if if I had to say where my reservations are, it's will I end up doing this or will I suddenly say you know what I should be picking up the kids a little early they could get let out at 2 30 instead of 3 30 and why I know they keep asking to stay for after school till five well they're not really learning it after school they're playing why don't I just pick them up I'll offer to help out here I'll offer to help out there then I start to do chores which I don't give a rat's ass about chores just you know, like I'll start taking those on which don't need to get done they'll get done anyway um and so there, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. Like, Olivia had this car she wanted to buy. We were hunting for this car, and I could see that there's a part of me that enjoyed that project, and it's not like a full-on project, and I would want to take that type of thing, whatever the next little thing is. And I worry that that, that my head's going to go to things that are not meaningful but have to get done. Sure, uh, and, and that's the nature of our you-check-it-off-the-list kind of mentality. It, it, here's kind of the paradox. It's, it's whenever people say, hey, I want to grow a company so big that I can sell it and sit on a beach. And it's like, dude, if you were capable enough and driven enough to build a company that you were going to sell and never have to work again, you're not the kind of person that wants to sit on a beach. <laughs> that's, that's you know what? I have to say, it did help me to realize that it, as a kid, I used to think that the only vacation is sit on a beach. And even as an adult, I thought that's it. And I never wanted to go on vacation because I don't want to just, I, I'll do that for a little bit, but not really. Get no, bored. not even for, not even for a day. It has to be some activity. Um, all right. I should, um, I should get ready because believe it or not, I've got one more interview. We're going to clear out the backlog of interviews, which I hate that I ha I hate that I can't just take longer. Um, I've always enjoyed the extra, the extra half hour after an interview should have been done. It sucks that I that that I can't get into that. All right, you got if people like this, this is essentially what startup therapy your podcast is. Um, I don't know why you picked that. I, the only reason I could think that you would pick that as a topic is it can't be great for your business. It's wonderful. Like, it's it's been the. Is it good for your business? It's transformed our business. It turns out it's going to shock you that entrepreneurs are tired of hearing about how great everything is. And they want to hear about how things are actually going with people. They want some honesty. And that's what we provide. We, we say, okay, like, you know, this week we were talking, or today we were talking about, you know, the bullshit around hustle porn and how everyone's Gary Veeing and everybody's crushing it. And I'm like, dude, I've never met more depressed people in my life. Right? Nobody's crushing it. Everyone's a, a complete, you know, anxiety disaster. Like that's what's actually happening. And people want, like, not that people want to be depressed about it, but they want to be validated to hear that that's actually what's happening. And so that was what led to us building the founder group product, you know, so founders could get together like you and I and Gazdecki and, and talk about what's actually going on in our head. It was more powerful than another bullshit lunch where everybody's chest pounding about how great things are. Yeah, I think the founder group is a great idea. And the, the thing that you do that 
is helpful is you put an intense amount of time into putting the groups together. I think a lot of people, I've had groups in, over the past where I, one person will put the group together and then they have to keep it going and then it doesn't go on because that person isn't in it or one other person isn't and then it takes away all the steam. How do you bring another person in when one person that you respect right. who's a friend gets out of it? Well, the fact that there's an organization behind it means that, well, it's not on us. It's just the organization, startups.com, can bring another founder into the group yep. that they've made sure fits in with where everyone else in the group is. And if that person leaves, it's not on us. It's not our friend rejecting us. It's that person has a problem or startups.com failed, but it's not yep. us. And now yep. startups.com has to fix it either way. All right. How do people ha- – I, I got to join the group because you and I were in the group. How does someone go and join the group if they want to – just go check it out themselves. It's pretty to easy. Just see. Uh, go to groups.startups.com, uh, groups.startups.com, and uh, hop on. We've got a simple application. And what we do is we start to, you know, uh, we take you in, in through an onboarding and we figure out who you're the best fit for, you know, like based at your scale, your industry, your location in the world, um, and get you going. But I mean, it's become a huge part of our business. And I got to tell you, it all stemmed from just having conversations like these. Yeah, I remember uh, Michael Colella, the founder of AdBeat, told me he was in a, in a startup group that was organized by someone else. And I said, is it helpful? He goes, yeah, it really is helpful to talk to other entrepreneurs. But he says, a lot of them are like plumbers. Like Plumbers are doing really well and they have a business, so they're in the group, but they can't relate to my online experience at all. So and so all this group time. just formed them based on revenue and plumbers can make, a, can make bank um, but they don't understand his online ad buying system and they can't give him feedback about how to how to deal with it. So you know, I, I like know, that you're doing it based on a lot of criteria. Funny side note, we found that no matter where people were in the um, the stage of journey, like I, my next founder group is tonight. Uh, it's an in-person one, incidentally. And it's got seven or eight founders in it. And I call it the, the founder group with $100 million problems. They've either personally made $100 million, they've raised $100 million, or they're worth $100 million. Um, and most of them well in excess of that. Uh, in fact, some of them are in the, in the, in the billion dollar range, but guess what? When you're at that level, you have no one to talk to. No one's dealing with what you're dealing with, right? You're so closed and alone and everything is just at the beginning when you're just starting off and you're, uh, you know, ball of emotions, it's the whole journey. So it's been interesting to watch it, watch it evolve. All right. It's groups.startups.com. And of course, there's Startup Therapy, the podcast that's in the podcast app you're listening to me on. And I want to thank my sponsor, HostGator. If you need a website hosted, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. Bye, everyone.